Judges chapter 3, and I'm going to move this down here. Everybody having a good day so far? All right. Well, it's great to have you. And uh, let me just go ahead and say, um, this is the point of the service. If your kids would like to sit up front, uh, we've been involving them. Mr. Joe's down here and uh, Miss Michelle's down here. And the kids, if you guys want to come and sit with the other kids, uh, you are welcome to do so at this time. So go ahead and start making your way. And if you still want to sit with your mom and dad, that's fine. Uh, or whoever you came with, that's totally fine. But we got plenty of seats right here in the middle. And uh, that will be great. You guys slide on down and make plenty of room. And uh, that way everybody has a spot. Judges chapter 3 is where we're going to be tonight. And if you're, in, if you're looking in your Bible, uh, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. It's the seventh book of the Bible. And I will tell you tonight that I am going to need two helpers. And girls, I'm going to ask the guys tonight. And uh, now, I'm sorry. Uh, but it's two guys in the story. That kind of looks weird. Uh, but I need two guys to help me. Dominic, can you help me tonight? All right, all right. Uh, you're going to go with Mr. Andrew back in the lobby because there is something you have to do before uh, you help tonight. And I need one other helper, and I'm going to use Isaac tonight. And Isaac, uh, just hang, hang tight. Don't go anywhere, okay? I'll, I'll tell you when I'm ready for you, all right? And so everybody else, you guys, everybody plays a part, even the grown-ups tonight. Uh, we're not going to have kids and adults like last week tonight. Everybody gets to play a part, and they're all the same part. There is a group of servants in the story tonight. And the group of servants that we see in the story, they had one simple line, all right? And we're going to try it. And uh, let me see if I can get somebody. Let me get a girl to help me identify. All right, come on up. And we're going to get uh, one girl to show us exactly what you're going to do. Okay, are you ready? All right, Genevieve, right? Mm -hmm. All right, Genevieve. So here's what you have to do. The servant said, I don't know. Okay, all right, let's do it one more time. Ready? The servant said, oh, we'll do it like last week. Okay, ready? And the servant said, I don't know. Okay, all right. So just like you have to do it just like, now you want all these people to do it just like you. Okay, so how do you want them to do it? I don't know. Okay, all right. So, all right, we're going to practice it together. And the servant said, I don't know. Okay, all right. It's not even I don't. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. You're from the South. I love it. I love it. Okay, all right. So here we go. We're practicing. Everybody together. Adults, if you sing, you got to participate. All right, here we go. So, and the servant said, I don't know. Okay, all right, you can go sit back down. Now, what I'm going to ask you guys to do, kids, now pay really close attention. Kids, when we get to that part where it says the servant said, I want you guys to stand up and say, I don't know. Okay? All right, so we're going to practice it. Adults, you don't have to do this, but you still have to participate. All right, so kids, all right, and the servant said, I Okay, all right, we're good. All right, so now let's make sure you're to go. All right, hold on, hold on, hold, hold, hold tight. Hold, keep them back there. Close the door, please. Uh, but what we're going to do, I hadn't explained where we're going. Uh, all right, look, practice parents, adults, all right, and, and kids, don't stand up. We're going to, y'all turn. And look at all these good-looking adults, all right? Because they're getting ready to practice, 
All right, don't laugh at them. Okay, that's not nice. Uh, but here we go. And the servant said, Okay, all right, good, good enough. Judges chapter 3. When we get to Judges chapter 3, we see a bad pattern of behavior uh, that the people were living. Remember last week we talked about Egypt, we talked about Pharaoh, and we talked about Moses, and we talked about the people, and talked about the soldiers, talked about all that, and talked about how that they had to get out of the way and let the Lord do the work. And if we get in the way of what God is trying to do, we mess up God's plan. Tonight we're going to talk in Judges chapter 3 about two people, two characters here in the story, and then all of the servants... There you go. And that's all they said. I don't know. Uh, so they and the people had great hopes along the way. When he got to the promised land, they settled in. Everything was going great. And they got comfortable. They got comfortable with everything that was going on. And sometimes, boys and girls and adults too, when we get comfortable, we get lazy in several areas of our life. And one of the first areas is our spiritual life. We get lazy with the Lord. And we stop doing the things that we know we should be doing, but we stop doing them. And when that happens, God has to get our attention and remind us who he really is. When we get to Judges chapter 3, that has happened. They've been there several years. People have come and uh, lived, grown up, died. Another generation has come that did not know the Lord the way that they did when they came out of Egypt. And so what happens is they go into a pattern of behavior and a cycle. How many of you know what a cycle is? How many of you have a bicycle or a bicycle? Okay. What are two big things on a bicycle that are this shape? What are they? Wheels. You are so smart. All right. Wheels. All right. And what is it about wheels? What makes them go round? They are what shape? A circle. You could also say that they are a cycle, all right? They're in a circle, a cycle. And the children of Israel got in this bad cycle. Everything was going great. They would forget the Lord, and God would send somebody to get their attention, and they would cry out to the Lord and say, God, save us! And then God would save them and send a deliverer. And tonight, we're going to talk about one of those deliverers, and his name is Ehud. Say that with me. Ehud. Say it again. Ehud. All right, Isaac, come up here for just a second. Isaac gets to play Ehud. All right, Isaac, are you right-handed or left-handed? Which hand are you right with? Right. Right. Okay. All right. We're going to have to pretend then. All right. You get to be Ehud. Okay. And Ehud, you can look. You don't have to look at the floor. Okay. Ehud, Ehud was like a spy. Okay. All right. So all right, that's, what I want to be. that's what you want to be when you grow up? A spy. Okay, well, don't tell anybody because that defeats the purpose. Okay, all right, so you get to be Ehud. What's your name again? Ehud. No, your name is Isaac, okay? What is your name? Isaac. Isaac, what part are you playing in the story? Ehud. Exactly. Okay, all right, so we know. All right, so pay attention, adults. Who is this? Isaac. This is Isaac. His name is Isaac. What part is he playing in the story? Ehud. Ehud. All right. Now, so Ehud is the good guy. Yes? All right. Now, the Bible says that Ehud has something very special about him. He is not right-handed. Okay? So you have to pretend. He is left-handed. All right. So is he right-handed? No. Is he left-handed? Yes. yes. Okay. And we'll talk about that in a minute. 
But there's also somebody else in the story. All right, There can't be a good guy without the other side. you know. And there is a bad guy in the story. The bad guy's name is Eglon. Now, say that with me. Eglon. Who is the bad guy in the story? Eglon. And there is something very specific that the Bible says about Eglon. The Bible says that Eglon is a very, not just one word, a very fat man. A very fat man. Now, here's the thing. We have to have a very fat bad guy. And it would not be nice to have somebody do that part by themselves. So we have to make a very fat guy. Okay? So... Eglon is in the back, and he's coming in right now. When you think about a very fat guy, maybe you think about a sumo wrestler. And so Eglon is a very fat man. All right, come here, Dominic. All right, this is Dominic. And for tonight, Dominic is Eglon. So who is this? This is Dominic. But what part is he playing tonight? Eglon. And what is specific about Eglon? He's a very what? Fat man. Okay, so Ehud, stand right there on that step. Eglon, stand right there on that step. All right. No, he is supposed to have a sword, but you don't get to carry the sword. I do, okay? All right, so here is the sword. All right. You're welcome, Mom and Dad. All right. So here's, let me give you the story, okay? When we get to Judges chapter 3, and the, the points will be on the screen tonight, let's look at one verse real quickly, real quickly. Verse number 15, Judges chapter 3, it says, But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, and by him the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. So Eglon is the king of Moab. He's the bad guy. Ehud is the left-handed man, and he is the man that God uses to deliver the people. Here's three things really quickly, real quickly about this. I hear you. You're doing a good job, all right? I love this. This is so good. I get more fun than the kids do. This is great. Uh, So in the story, number one, there is an unlikely deliverer. An unlikely deliverer. And boys and girls, remember, take your notes or color your picture so you can get your prize after service. The unlikely deliverer. When we get to verse 15, we find a man named Ehud. Ehud is left-handed, but it also says that he is placed in this position by God himself. He is exactly where he is because God chooses him to be there. Now what's interesting even more so about that is that God chose someone who is left-handed. And the Bible points that out as he is left-handed. Some people believe that he was left-handed because he could not use his right hand. Almost like he had a disability to where he could not use his right hand. You say, well, Pastor, why is that a big deal? Because the right hand in the Bible is is a position of power. Power. We see that in Psalm 48 in verse number 10. It says, according to thy name, O God, so is thy praise in the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Psalm 63, 8. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. So for someone to be used and to be special who is left-handed, 
God has to be doing something. There has to be something going on behind the scenes for a man to be left-handed to be used. Imagine growing up as a kid, and you could not, because Isaac is right-handed. Imagine growing up and say, oh, you can't use that hand for anything. That'd be tough. Yeah, exactly. That's how we would feel. You couldn't use that. You would have to learn to use your left hand for everything. It would be different. You already know how to do it. Okay, that's good. All right, that's good. All right, so in Ehud's life, God uses that difference as part of his plan. And here's the truth of the matter. When we get to Ehud's story, the fact that he's left-handed, it's another reminder that God can use us in spite of us. God can use our inabilities for his purpose. God can use someone that even the world would say, you're never going to get used. You're not special. You're not ever going to be able to do anything for the Lord. God can take what other people would say is a problem and use it for his purpose. He can use the people that the world would say, nothing will ever come of them. Nothing will ever turn out. And maybe that's your story. Kids are growing. Maybe you sit and say, well, you know, God could never use me because of the way I was raised. Or God could never use me because I don't look like everybody else. Or I don't talk like everybody else. God could never use me because I'm different. And God took Ehud, an unlikely deliverer, and used him as a part of his plan. But that's just part of the story. We see not only that, we see number two. We see the ungodly dignitary. The ungodly dignitary, all right? Uh, Even when God tries to use you, there will be people who think, or who uh, people around you who do wrong. And that's where Eglon comes in. Eglon was surrounded by God's people, and he still did wrong. And we see that in our world today, don't we? Maybe at, at your work, there's that one employee that no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you talk about the Lord, no matter how much you share the gospel, that one employee makes it difficult. That one employee makes life miserable. That one employee is not ever going to turn to the Lord no matter how hard you try. And that's the way it feels. Because they are an ungodly dignitary. They're just like Eglon. The Bible says in verse number 17, And he brought the present unto Eglon, king of Moab. And Eglon was a very, what kind of man? Fat man. Is what the Bible, hey, I didn't write it. I didn't write it. God wrote it, and which we're all very thankful uh, that God wrote it. But the Bible says that Eglon's name means a young cow. Eglon means a young cow. But young cows today, cows can grow up to be 1,600 pounds. A young cow can be anywhere from 300 to 600 pounds. 300. So to say that Eglon weighed a lot is an understatement. The Bible calls out Eglon for what he was known for. He was a very fat man. But not only was he big in size, he was also big in sin. Moabites believed in many gods, would worship other gods, even to the point of sacrificing their own children to false gods. But we know what the Bible says. There's only one true God. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5, the Bible says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So we understand that even though there's an unlikely deliverer and there's an ungodly dignitary, somehow God is going to use this story to teach us something. God is going to use Ehud, that unlikely deliverer, to bring a present 
and a message to Eglon. So let's see that number three. If you're taking notes, number three, we see the unsuspected dagger. The unsuspected dagger. Look at verse number 16. The Bible says, but Ehud made him a dagger that had two edges. Here it is. Of a cubit length. It's about 18 inches. A little bit longer than this. And he did gird it under the raiment on his right thigh. Now, if you're right-handed, you would think as a soldier you would carry your sword or your knife or your dagger on this side so that you could reach across and pull it out. Simple, all right? It'd be kind of awkward. It'd be kind of awkward. You do it like that? Okay, with your left hand. We'll talk about it in just a minute. But if you're right-handed, you wouldn't wear your sword on your right side. That makes it awkward pulling it out. You would put it on your left side. And vice versa, if you're left-handed, you would hold on your right side. So imagine Ehud walks and says, you know what? God has chosen me. He's going to use me. But he's going to use me to take care of old Eglon. All right? And the servants... There you go. All right? Don't go to sleep on me, adults. So he shows up. Eglon, here's the rest of the story. Eglon, Ehud shows up and says, I have a secret message for the king. All right, let's come over here. All right? And let me have two girls hop up real quick and be the servants. All right? One. Uh, let me get Kinsley because Genevieve just helped me. Y'all stand right there. Y'all stand right there. Y'all stand right there. Kinsley, hurry up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, hurry. All right. All right. They're going to be the servants. Okay? All right. So Ehud shows up and says, I have a message and a present for the king. And the servant said, okay. All right. So, all right. So he hands off the present. Hand off a fake present. There you go. And they take the fake present. All right. And so Ehud runs away. Run, 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 run all the way around. Run, run, run. Keep going. Run, run, all the way around, all the way around. Tom and Melissa, you're welcome later. All right. Come on. So Ehud leaves. Come, come over. Come on. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. You finish where you started. Okay. All right. So, and remember, you're still a spy. Okay. All right. So, Ehud leaves and comes back and says, "You know what? There you go. You can hold that. You can hold that part. Okay. All right. You're gonna hold it on this side. Put it in that pocket right there. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, Ehud shows up, goes back to the servants, and says. Now I have a secret message for the king from God. And the servant said, okay, all right, so y'all go sit down. You're done. All right. And you're going to go. And Ehud says, King Eglon, maybe while he's eating a chicken biscuit or something. And uh, he said, or a piece of chicken. And he says, I have a secret message from God for you. And Eglon, the Bible says he stands up and, and shh. Don't tell him. All right. The Bible says that he has a secret message from God. And the Bible says that he arose out of his seat. So now Ehud leans in. Here it comes from the Lord. And what? With your left hand. Be biblical. With your left hand. You're going to grab that. Don't stab him, please. Okay. All right. And you pull it out and you're going. That's, you just killed him. That's what it was for. Oh, okay. 
That couldn't have gone any better. All right. All right. There it is. Good job. All right. You can go sit down. All right. All right. No, you cannot do that one. All right. Okay. Now, the Bible says, you can go ahead and sit down, Isaac. Thank you. All right. Sit down over there with Mr. Joe. That'd be fine. All right. So the Bible says, and Ehud put forth his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, thrust it in his belly, and the half went in after the blade, after the fat closed upon the blade, so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly. Eglon is so fat that he could not pull the blade back out. It was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. He couldn't get it back out. And what happens? He dies. He dies. So die over there with mom. Okay? All right? But here's the bottom line, and here's the end of the story. You can sit down. Thank you. If he can. Good luck. There it is. That's so good. Okay. All right. Here's the... Here's the, here's the end of the story, and here's the analogy tonight. Thank you, Dominic. Here's, that's awesome. Hey, Dominic, go ahead and go to the back with Mr. Andrew, and you can take that off. That'll be fine. All right. Here's the, here's the end of the story, and we'll be done for tonight. All right, you listen? And the servant said, Ehud leaves, and while he's gone, the servants come back to check on Eglon, and the door's locked. Ehud locked the door on the way out. And they said, I don't know. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's taking a nap. Maybe he's on the toilet. I don't know. That's what the Bible said. I didn't read that part of the verse, parents. You can explain that one later. Uh, but think about, hey, they locked the door. And eventually the servant said, maybe we should go and check on him. And they opened the door. And Eglon is laying there dead. Dead. And while they waited... While they were wondering, Ehud escapes. Ehud goes back, gets the men. They attack the army of the Moabites, and God saves all of them because God used an unlikely deliverer. And in our lives today, boys, girls, moms, dads, God uses unlikely people for His purpose. God uses the people that we would say, God could never use them. We look at our lives and say, God could never use me because of my past, because of my family, because of how I was raised, because how much money I have or don't have, because of where I went to school, because of how I grew up, because I look different, because I talk different, because I act different, because I am different. And we excuse away God's plan for our lives when all God is looking for is someone to trust him. See, God doesn't need our talent. He needs our trust. And in our lives today, God is just looking for someone who is willing to be used no matter what. And just remember the one who is asking, the one who is asking us to follow him is also the one who is going to equip those who follow him. The one who says, hey, I can use you, is the one who can empower us. I love the song choice tonight. But as many as received him, John 1. As many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We do the trusting, and God does the empowering. And that's what happened in the story of Ehud and the very fat man, Eglon. All right? So 
Let's pray, and then we'll go on our prayer time. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for teaching us and reminding us, Lord, that you do not need our talent. Lord, we have none apart from you. Lord, you don't need talent. You need our trust. Help us to trust you, even when we don't know what to do. Lord, help us just to lean into you and trust you for what you are planning to do with our lives. We love you and thank you for who you are and what you're going to do through us when we simply place our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to go into our prayer time at this time.